Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. Getting towards the end of the program today. Just three segments remaining. A lot of good stuff, though, we're going to cram into uh, these last segments. Uh, you know very well that I am a fan of the Second Amendment. I, In terms of hobbies, uh, one of mine is uh, firearms. I enjoy target shooting. I enjoy hunting. Uh, recently, I got into this thing. It's called armoring. It's not quite gunsmithing. Gunsmithing, they're like the artists and the scientists uh, behind uh, firearms. Armoring is where you just take a bunch of pieces and put them together, uh, kind of like Legos for adults, uh, but uh, a little more dangerous, and you got to uh, take some precautions and be safe about it. Well, that's a hobby I picked up relatively recently, and getting into that, I learned all sorts of new laws and regulations and ways to, to be safe uh, and ways to really expand the way you engage in that hobby. Uh, I've built a few firearms, and uh, anyway, uh, enjoyed it as a pastime. Uh, I also... Uh, have for a long time been a holder of a concealed carry permit. And you know how that works. It uh, very basically is a, a permit where you uh, submit an application here in the state of Utah to the Bureau of Criminal Identification. And uh, after passing an evaluation, your form application is reviewed. Uh, you are then for a fee issued a permit to allow you to carry your firearm in a concealed fashion uh, in, in most places. There are some exceptions, of course, federal buildings, that's post offices, and uh, some of the courthouses around t- town, uh, some of the big meeting places like sports arenas, there are some regulations there. But for the very most part, uh, a concealed carry permit allows you to con- carry your firearm in a concealed fashion. Now, there is something called constitutional carry. It's not terribly common, uh, but there are some states... Uh, around the nation uh, where you are able to carry your firearm uh, without any permit, without any restrictions. And it is because the, because the, the law is essentially silent on the requirement to carry uh, a firearm or the requirement to have a permit to carry that firearm. Here in the state of Utah, there have been a number of efforts to bring that about, uh, to for Utah to become a constitutional carry state. Uh, I think back to uh, 2015, Senator David Hinkins, he introduced a, a piece of legislation that would have done exactly that. What it does is it adds uh, just a, a quick uh, sentence to a piece of legislature statute as it exists currently, uh, and it excludes uh, those 21 and older who are able to otherwise legally possess a firearm uh, from the requirement uh, to have a permit. In 2015, he, uh, Senator David Hinkins, had a piece of legislation that would have done uh, just that. And in fact, the Senate 
passed that bill. Again, back in uh, 2015, that bill forwarded by Senator David Hinkins, uh, 21 to 6, that passed uh, the Senate. Now, it did that despite a threat from Governor Gary Herbert of a veto. And that's an interesting thing. Uh, you, you don't see that terribly often, uh, or at least in the headlines. It may happen behind the scenes as uh, different signals are sent to various lawmakers as they uh, decide whether or not they are going to forward or champion or sponsor various pieces of legislation. But in 2015, when Senator David Hinkins uh, introduced this piece of legislation, it made its way through the Senate. The governor, uh, Governor Gary Herbert, said, eh, that makes it to my desk. It's getting vetoed. Uh, well, it did not uh, make it for uh, a floor vote, uh, so it uh, ended its legislative life there in the Senate. But it has been reintroduced in uh, years subsequent. Senator David Hinkins, I believe, uh, sponsored the same bill the, the the following year. Well, I, if I'm honest, had kind of forgotten about that issue because it seemed to me that the permitting process uh, was pretty fair. Here in the state of Utah, uh, it, it's, it's a very popular one uh, among states. Uh, most states do issue concealed carry permits. Some don't. Um, and there are some areas where the uh, the restrictions and the requirements are so arduous that it's pretty much impossible uh, to have yourself a concealed carry permit. Here in the state of Utah, there are, I think, uh, adequate adequate regulations and restrictions on how uh, one might get their hands on a concealed carry permit. And for that matter, uh, one of the one of the things that folks seeking a Utah permit are able to do is they, they can apply from out of state. If you uh, are in a state uh, that, that has a reciprocating relationship with uh, the state of Utah, you can uh, get yourself a, a Utah permit, even if you're not a, a resident here. That's an interesting thing, uh, but it's not an uncommon thing. Uh, I'll tell you one little personal story quickly here. When I worked here at KSL the first time as the producer of the Doug Wright Show, I was uh, my time here ended uh, because I was invited to move out uh, and work as a congressional aide in Washington, D.C. I, earlier in the program today, explained the geography uh, of the Washington, D.C. area. There is the District of Columbia, and then just across the Potomac River is Northern Virginia. And then tucked in between uh, where Virginia and Washington, D.C. come together is a a portion of Maryland. So those who work in the D.C. area, who work in the federal government, they have a choice to make. And that is whether or not they are going to live in D.C., live in Maryland, or live in northern Virginia. Currently, the firearms regulations in Virginia are very, very similar to those here in the state of Utah. And... It was a hobby of mine to uh, to target shoot and to uh, go hunting when I moved from here, Utah, out to uh, the east to work uh, on the Capitol, on Capitol Hill. And so I had a choice to make. And uh, after chatting with my wife, uh, we looked at a, a number of things, a number of factors, of course, like, can we afford it here, uh, was one of the things we discussed. But the other was, uh, can I legally bring my firearms with me from Utah to Virginia? And because the answer there was yes, while it would have been a no in D.C. and Maryland, we chose uh, Virginia to live. And uh, I, I bring that all up just to highlight and illustrate the fact that these uh, firearms regulations uh, do vary from place to place. And here in the state of Utah, there is a renewed effort 
to bring about what I've described earlier as a constitutional uh, carry law here in the state of of Utah. Uh, Representative Walt Brooks, uh, Republican, represents a portion of St. George. Uh, He has reintroduced uh, nearly identical language to what was introduced by uh, Senator uh, Hinkins not too long ago, and it is uh, providing that an individual who is 21 years or older may lawfully possess a firearm or may uh, carry a concealed uh, firearm in uh, in public or in their place of work. Um, and I have, because something like this, these types of uh, bills, uh, the ones that would call for constitutional carry, uh, I am I'm not too aware of any uh, passing recently. Uh, and so I, it struck me as odd that we would, certainly at this stage of the game, uh, be introducing this type of legislation. You wonder why uh, is it that uh, this, at this stage, this legislation is introduced. And I, uh, I got thinking about it, and I wonder if it is to, well, well, a little bit of background. Many of the bills that are introduced right now, as you know, legislative session here in Utah is coming to an end. Uh, it's a, it, it's a, general session that lasts for about six weeks. It started uh, in January. We were there up at Utah's Capitol Hill broadcasting on day one. And next week, when the legislative session wraps up, uh, you and I will join back there. We'll broadcast live. But there's a narrow window of time for legislators to introduce legislation and to get it through the whole big, long process, the committee process on both uh, sides, that's the House and the Senate, and then ultimately up to the governor's desk. That's a lot that has to happen. And to be introducing uh, legislation right now that doesn't have like some sort of proactive uh, support, you know, something where we need it to go through right now. The governor agrees, uh, leadership in the House and Senate of all parties, they all agree. You can move it through very quickly, but uh, the overwhelming majority uh, of these bills, they do have to uh, kind of in a deliberate fashion make their way, uh, almost meandering their way through the legislative process, uh, committees, uh, the full bodies, and ultimately the governor's desk. Now, so the reason I reiterate that and schoolhouse rock you again is to let you know that bills introduced right now are done not necessarily with the intention of of being passed. You, you hear from time to time about message bills, and as a former congressional staffer out in Washington, D.C., I can tell you that those come up all the time. In fact, uh, the majority of bills that are introduced right now in the House because uh, the 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 you know the house is led by democrats and any piece of legislation introduced by a republican right now is likely uh, a a message bill if it doesn't already enjoy bipartisan support the idea at least uh they're sending a message and that same principle applies when legislation is introduced at the state level right now and so a piece of uh, legislation calling for utah to become a constitutional carry state allowing those who otherwise would not be prohibited from owning firearms 21 years and older uh, to carry a gun here in the state of Utah in a, in a, in a concealed fashion. Uh, it's not going to go anywhere, but it is certainly starting a conversation, one that will continue next here with Clark Apotion, chairman of the Utah Shooting Sports Council, on my program Live Mike here on KSL News Radio.